Welcome to an inspirational message by Pastor Harold Weiss, Senior Pastor at Little Falls Christian Center. We pray that the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of Christ Jesus will come upon everybody. The eyes of the understanding will be enlightened to get understanding of the times like the sons of Issachar had. And then moreover, Lord, that they have prophetic insight and foresight and revelation. And that today you will have a special blessing upon this congregation. For this cause we've prayed and done intercession. For this cause we've also received in advance, given you thanks for what you've done. After the prayer, we thank you for it in Jesus' name. And bless your word now in the name of Jesus. Bless this band. They have really helped us so very much. When we were all far away, we were all feeding on the music from this band. And so, Lord, all of them, and uh, we welcome new, new ones to join, and uh, the band's forever getting just better. It's just incredible time and place to be. Thank you, Lord Jesus, everybody said. Amen. Amen. You may take a seat. Give the Lord a praise offering, everybody. All right. Now, don't be very shy when it comes to giving the Lord an amen or a, or a praise offering and... Amen. Well, the it's been such a time for people that they've gone through. And uh, last night, Pastor Clive just phoned me and he said another three of the the people in Natal, pastors in Natal, died. They had a huge amount of churches that closed and an enormous amount of pastors that have died down there. And uh, he just said last night, another three. Uh, and uh, so I, it's, it's frightening if you look at those figures down there. But uh, we are looking at the Elijah factor. Revelation to it, persuasion, the reward with lifetime blessing and what kind of impact it involves. Now, I want to take you immediately to the book of 2 Kings chapter number 2. This is like what you would say the casting of the mantle of Elijah situation. They'd walked from Gilgal, the place of the circumcision, the circumcision is that of the heart, not in the, in the, with the work of the hands, but of the Holy Spirit. And uh, therefore, um, the... Uh, the two of them go from the place of circumcision. We come to the Lord and our hearts are circumcised, Colossians 2, 2, 11. And then, of course, after that to Bethel, one of my big favorite spots in Israel where Jacob went, Isaac was there, and the patriarchs cross-crossed over that area very often. And also, um, not only Bethel, but then came down to Jericho. And if you put it in the real context of what they saw when they got Jericho, they saw a city that was conquered by the spirit of faith. Regardless of what you call Jericho, Jericho is a stronghold, but faith demolished it. Can you say amen? And um, I want to say that uh, then they crossed the Jordan River, Jordan meaning descending, uh, and that means descending into death, death of the Dead Sea. So it's always coming down and uh, ever lowering till it hits the Dead Sea and then, of course, evaporates in the, what is also known in the Bible and first as the 
the Salt Sea. And um, they crossed it. He took his mantle, struck the water, and they crossed over to the other side. So it was when they crossed over that Elijah said to Elisha, two people, what's going to be at stake here? What's the impact on a life when God gets hold of you? What impact does it have on you? You'll see. Ask, what may I do for you before I'm taken away from you? Now, taking the word where the Lord Jesus was speaking, all things are possible to those who believe. And there's a man that, that really caught the attention to this very day of thousands upon thousands, millions of Christians. And uh, like some of the commentators, it's almost a romantic connotation to his name as a, a major, major uh, figure of the Bible, Elijah, and of course Moses, the law and the prophets. Ask, what may I do for you before I'm taken away from you? And Elisha said, please let a double portion. In other words, I could also translate it as, let two times of your spirit be upon me. So he said, you have asked a hard thing. You'll understand that better later on. Nevertheless, if you see me when I'm taken from you, everybody say focus. It shall be so for you, but if not, it shall not be so. And then it happened as they continued and talked. Suddenly a chariot of fire appeared with horses of fire, separated the two of them. Elijah, uh, Elijah went up by a whirlwind into heaven. And Elijah saw it, and he cried out, My father, my father, the chariot of Israel and the horsemen thereof. Now, um, what he says to him, he says, What is it that I may do to you? Well, there are several impacts of the Holy Ghost anointing. And the one thing that I have noticed is that many people just talk about don't portion of the mantle of Elijah. They have church services and just like that but they don't realize what they actually are desiring. But I want to bring it into sharp focus with the help of the Holy Spirit, and we'll, we'll take it from there. Then he says to him, you've asked a hard thing, nevertheless. You need to keep your focus. And uh, so with that being said, uh, he kept his focus, he got his reward. The impact of the life of Elisha was the first impact you can just think of is multiplication. It was a hundred, two times double portion of the spirit of Elijah. The spirit of Elijah, which really was the spirit of God resting on that prophet in a major way. Now, here's a young, young man who's a servant. Everybody begins as a servant in the house of God. You want to begin as a servant. You want to serve and, serve and just make yourself handy at whatever you can make yourself handy. You know, like we, the other day we said, Etembene, we need some helpers there. We need fresh legs, fish, fresh feet, fish, fresh uh, hands, strong arms that can help us. Now they bring in, Frankie is bringing in more machines to be able to take a lot of the load of the work machine does it for them by the tons as it goes out. 
But the fact of the matter is, you need to know that servanthood is the beginning point. Because when Elijah walked past Elisha, he was plowing with 12 pairs of oxen. He just threw his mantle on him. That mantle was so powerful. I don't think he knew what struck him. I don't think so. What I know is that I call it moments that change your life. When we have a moment, it can change everything. The way you make decisions, the lot. Then, turned around and uh, had a, a farewell dinner with the people and then just left. Sacrificed with those 12 oxen. The resource tells us that, you know, the rich people had all that amount of cattle that were uh, used in terms of oxen that were used to plow with. But he went and he became a servant of Elijah. Now, to be a servant of Elijah makes him see everything that happens. That's very important. He saw everything. There were 12 people that walked with Jesus. And when he saw what was happening, something on the inside of him converted so much that you can never in your life think of a backslidden Elisha. It's like Paul the Apostle that said, I know in whom I have believed and I'm fully persuaded. What the world would say, Paul, you're crazy. Paul would say, I am fully persuaded. I know in whom I have believed. I'm persuaded. I have seen, by the grace of God, I've seen things. This is Paul now. I have walked this road. I've experienced God's presence. I've had the spirit of wisdom and revelation. I had God talking to me. I went through, you could literally say, the attacks of hell. Call it like one day in the worldly terms said, hell and high water. I went through whatever the troubles, whatever the trials. Paul, after meeting Jesus, became an instant sacrifice to God. Instantly changing him altogether. So the first best thing that he could do is just follow him. So he followed him. Now he would pour water on the hands of Elijah. And obviously he would serve him. So one would imagine, because there's a cave on the top of Mount Carmel, one would imagine these two lived there. And uh, when you go to that cave, there's the little hollow. It's good enough, deep enough for help against rain and all that sort of stuff. These were wild men. They were separate from, from the, the talk of the town and, the, and all, all the, the voices of all kinds. It takes a consecration to God to hear from God. And he poured water. Later on, King Josaphat said, isn't there a prophet around here? And, uh, of course, they were going into a battle, and one, one said, that 
Well, you know what? There's, there's a man called Elisha, and he, he poured water on the hands of uh, Elijah. And Jehoshaphat said, Spirit of God's with that man. Anointing by association and environment. Show me your friends, and I'll tell you who you are. Don't we say that to our children? Watch out with whom you, what do we say, mix. Watch out with whom you associate. Because there are people that will take you for a ride. And the one thing that you've got, I have a friend called Dr. Isaac Berger of the AFM Church. He always said these words, good name comes only once. So you become fanatic about things like integrity and the fear of the Lord. But he walked and he watched this man. Now, it was only after Mughrakal that the fire fell from heaven that uh, Elijah went all the way to the wilderness, then came back from the mountain of God and then threw the mantle on Elisha and then Elisha would be in the place where, where he would now say, okay, fine, I'm, I, 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 now I'm going to be become part of the story now. He followed him everywhere. He saw the things that were taking place in this man's life. He wanted that. He wanted that. So, now, here comes a question from the prophet. And the prophet says to him, what is it that you want? He says, I want two times your spirit. Literally, it says in the Hebrew, if I look here at the word uh, double portion, it is, uh, uh, well, shetim uh, and shetim uh, peh. Shetim peh. Shetim is two times two times of the Ruach, the, the Spirit that is on you, Ruach HaKadosh, the Holy Spirit. I want it twice as strong. So what was the multiplication? He had double the amount of miracle working power that his predecessor had. In the sense that it will be for him if he keeps his focus. And the big thing is not to be distracted. The people of this world are so distracted, God knows I don't know how they live. But the world distracts them and succeeds in them. In doing just that. They listen to too many voices, too many things, too many things, too many things. And in the midst of, let's call it the rubble of voices and the crowds, in the midst of it all, there's the calmness of the sea around Jesus. So the first thing that he does is he becomes a servant. And then with that, he has a double portion. When Elijah's taken away, he catches that mantle and he walks to the water of the Jordan River. Here comes the test, the first step of faith. Strike the water with the same mantle to see if it happens. If it happens, I got it. He kept his focus. He struck the water of the Jordan River. He divided this, divided this way and that. And so now... There were many miracles in his life that took place. And we know multiplication would be part of his life too, just like with Elijah. A little widow, widow out there at Sarafat that uh, he said, the flour in the bin, neither the oil will cease. You just go make me bread first then. You and your son may eat 
but thus says the Lord God, the flower in the bin will not cease, neither the oil, till the day that the Lord sends the rain on the earth. So it happened that way. Elijah did the same thing. He did exactly the same thing. When he said to a woman, and she was completely, they were just about ready to take her family away from her, and uh, she, she, he, he said, what is that you've got? We spoke about that. She had just a little jar with a little bit of oil. He says, go get as many jars as you can. And, and he said, now pour. And she poured. And she filled all those jars with that little bit of oil that remained behind. And then she could sell them. And she had enough staining finance to go for the end of until it was all over. Now, when a plague hit or hits, when we talk about like the, the CV plague, I am fascinated how people search and seek the world, the world for a solution instead of seeking God for a solution. The one thing this period of time has taught me, the one thing it taught me was that I had to come and be right on the cutting, uh, cutting edge with God. Right on the cutting edge. It taught me to be like this with God all the time, every move, every day. Is why Maud's always saying, take a walk, take a walk, because all you do is you walk from here to the fridge to get some milk and make some coffee, and you come back. You sit down and you work again. And that's what I do. See, either work or pray, or um, go and make a cup of coffee when you feel you need a little bit of, little bit of blood circulation. But I need to do more. See? So, with this being said, I want to take you to the New Testament, and I talk about the Elijah factor. There was this multiplication. There was this revelation. For example, the moment he caught the mantle, he had divine protection. Peter the apostle says, you're kept by the power of God. That means you're guarded as with a military garrison by the power of God. You walk with God, God walks with you. That's really the philosophy of life for me. Kingdom of God, lifestyle, and I want to walk with God as close as I possibly can. Because many people depend on prayers that I give and that I do on their behalf. And you don't want to know how many people we prayed for during this period of time. My goodness, on a daily basis, it just goes on. But the fact is, I cannot afford for one second to lose the focus. I've got to be on the cutting edge and it's all the time adapting, 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 adapting. Life according to the word. Life according to the word. All the time adapting, adapting, adapting. And it gets lonely out there. But if you're a living sacrifice. So, he now also gets a servant by the name of Gehazi. And one morning at a place called Dothan which means dotan, which means in Hebrew means two pits or wells, if you will, two wells. I believe one of those two wells were used for Joseph when he was captured and taken to Egypt. And um, at Dothan, it's a city, it's a, what you call a tell. It's built on a hill, it's like a mound, and it sits nice and high. And they, they built all these cities on top of hills and then put a wall around it and it's easy to defend it. And they stock up with food and water and everything and if possible at all a well or a deep spring that, that is there. But the one well was dry. 
But now, Beelzebub, he goes to Dothan, and there he seems to have a place of residence. And while he's there, in his place of residence, um, his servant goes, you know, like everybody else, wake up in the morning, stretches, goes out stretching and yawning, and he walks out the door of the house that the prophet was staying in. And as he walks out, he sees that that house is surrounded by an army of the Assyrians because the prophet had been advising the king of Israel where they would be attacking, from what area they would be coming, and what he was to avoid, and how to lay a trap for them and outwit them every single time. And then the, the king said, uh, of a Syrian king, he said, King of Aram said these words. He said, now, go catch that man there. Just go catch him. So they go off. And, um, of course, the servant has not got that kind of anointing on his life. And he has not got that revelation. Remember I said revelation. Inspiration. Revelation. Protection. He sees in the natural, he sees the army. Elijah sort of takes like a, like a sigh type of prayer. <sighs> oh, Lord, just open up his eyes. Let him just see. And then he looks again. He sees on the ground, he sees this bunch of soldiers, but looking up in the sky, it's chariots of fire. And they've got the army of God right above them. And he says, those who are with us, he's more than those who are against us. He who's with you is more than those who are against you. He who is in you is more than he who is in this world. You have to victory, give the Lord a praise offering right now. Amen. So, still pushing on. If you make an analysis of what happened in the life of this king. I mean, even when he was in Samaria, Shomron, in Israel. There he was, again, came the army of the Arameans. They were surrounding the city and, and they were now going to take Samaria and uh, people were besieged. In other words, that army just camped in the valley. They could get food. They could get water. They were camping out. and Some were there bringing in more water supplies, whatever. They just stayed there until the city inside dried out. They forced to open the gates. And eventually, it became so tight inside there that two women said, um, I tell you what we'll do. We'll boil my baby today and eat my baby and then we do yours tomorrow. And so they did the first one. It's cannibalism. Of course, it's very bad. And the second day, and that woman, it came to the attention of the king. And he said, today, that prophet by the name of Elisha has got to get it. And he sent messengers, said, go look for him. Now, at that point, Elisha sits there and he said, I can hear the steps of that jackal coming this way. And there was some, outside the city, there was some, some people with leprosy. And they came afterwards with a, with a good tidings. But he said these words, when the king came in, he said to him, tomorrow, tomorrow, to use modern technology, food's gonna be very, very cheap in this place. Gates will be open, everything will be back to normal. May there be such a day concerning this corona too. Because this thing can be controlled by God above. 
but there's a lot of iniquity on the planet. So, tomorrow, this time, you'll have plenty of food. And there were a bunch of lepers that the Lord made a sound of a mighty army, and they just fled. All that army just fled. They took off, they left everything behind, ran for their lives. And these lepers came, and they, they were sitting there, and they said, Why sit we here when we have good news? Let's go tell them. So they go to the gates of the city, and they say, Listen, everybody, you can open up the gates. Come, come and help yourself. You've got plenty. Finally, they opened the doors. And uh, finally, the one that, that contradicted Elisha, Elisha said, you'll see it, but you won't live to eat or partake part of it because you doubted the word of the Lord. And so therefore, he was trampled down, he died, and the people had plenty. Now, why do I tell you about the Elijah factor? Because I'm going to take you to the Jesus factor. What is it that takes place in the life of a person could take place in your life. Just what is it that would change the whole game? What is it that happens to people that they become so persuaded? I have a, a cousin who is much older than I, and he sent me some stuff, and I grabbed all of it and uh, like verified this. And it's the story of the apostles and how these apostles of the Lord Jesus Christ, how they died. Let me begin to read for you. If you walk with Jesus the way they walk with Jesus, you better know what you believe when you're confronted with trouble. Matthew, the prophet, suffered mart martyrdom in Ethiopia, killed by a sword wound. Mark died in Alexandria of Egypt after being dragged by horses through the streets until he was dead. Luke was hanged in Greece as a result of his tremendous preaching to the lost. John, the apostle, faced martyrdom when he was boiled in a huge basin of boiling oil during a wave of persecution in Rome. However, he was miraculously delivered from death. John was then sentenced to the mines on the prison island of Patmos. He wrote the prophetic book of Revelation on Patmos. The apostle John was later freed and returned to serve as bishop of Edessa. I think that must be today's Odessa in modern Turkey. He died as an old man, the only apostle to die peacefully. But he boiled in the oil. Peter, he was crucified upside down on the X-shaped cross. According to church traditions, because he told his tormentors that he felt unworthy to die in the same way that Jesus Christ had died. James, the apostle, leader of the church in Jerusalem, was thrown over a hundred feet down from the southeast pinnacle of the temple when he refused to deny his faith, refused, refused to deny his faith in Christ. When they discovered that he survived the fall, his enemies came and beat him to death with a fuller's club. This was the same pinnacle where Satan had taken Jesus during the temptation. James, the son of Zebedee, was a fisherman by trade when Jesus called him to a lifetime of ministry. As a strong leader of the church, James was beheaded at Jerusalem. 
the Roman officer who guarded James watched amazed as James defended his faith at his trial. Later, the officer walked beside James to the place of execution. Notice, let me say that again. The Roman officer who guarded James watched amazed as James defended his faith at his trial. Later, the officer walked beside James to the place of execution. Overcome by conviction, he declared his new faith in Jesus Christ to the judge of all the earth and knelt beside James and accepted beheading as a Christian. Bartholomew, also known as Nathaniel, was a missionary to Asia. He witnessed for our Lord Jesus in present-day Turkey. Bartholomew was martyred for his preaching in Armenia, where he was flayed to death by a whip. Andrew it's just heavy stuffness, was crucified on an X shaped cross at Patras in Greece after being whipped severely by seven soldiers they tied his body to the cross with cords to prolong his agony his followers reported that when he was led towards the cross he saluted it in these words Andrew he saluted the cross in these words I have long desired and expected this happy hour. The cross had been consecrated by the body of Christ hanging on it. He continued to preach to his tormentors for two days until he expired. Thomas was stabbed with a spear in India during his, one of his missionary trips and established the church in the subcontinent. Jude was killed with arrows when he refused to deny his faith in Jesus Christ. Matthias, the apostle, the apostle, chosen to replace the traitor Judas Iscariot, was stoned and then beheaded. Paul was tortured and beheaded. Tortured and beheaded by the evil emperor Nero at Rome, in AD 67. Paul endured lengthy imprisonment which allowed him to write his many prison epistles to the churches and he formed and he had, had formed throughout the Roman Empire all these different churches that he planted. These letters were taught many uh, which taught many of the foundational doctrines of Christianity from a large portion of the New Testament. Perhaps this is a reminder to us of what happens to you if you have a moment with God? What happens to you if you really become a living sacrifice? Otherwise put, how many would really want to be a living sacrifice? Crucified to the world and the world to you. But the world is like a magnet for people. We have a handful, and I say a handful, it's, it's, it's not many people. 
But there's a handful of those that just drifted into oblivion because of sin and distractions of the world. They get so mesmerized and they get so, so, you know, people loot the country. They loot and they steal and they carry on. We'll say more about that tonight. And I believe God will move by His Holy Spirit also. But what is it that makes Elisha, after all of that, it's an open checkbook, what do you want? Well, you know, I just want you to bless my family and bless my children. Hey, Dr. Dennis, just bless my family, bless my children, bless my property, bless my business, bless this, bless that, bless, just, just bless me. Or dare you ask for a double portion? Elijah had to flee right across the desert. Make no mistake, Elisha knew about that fleeing in the time of Jezebel and her vengeance, and she died. And the dogs licked her blood. But the men of God, the men of God, those men that walked with Jesus Christ, would not be dissuaded. I walked in the catacombs in, in, in Rome, Underground, we were there, Maud and I and Yanni and Naomi, we were there. And you know, those, those catacombs are tunnels underground where Christians lived for, I don't know how many hundreds of years. Hiding from the Roman Empire that were furious and trying to wipe out every strain of Christianity that there was on the planet. In the meantime, right under them, under them in the tunnels, they had an escape hatch, come out, go get some food, feed the rest, and so on. They'd bury their, their dead in the side of the walls of the catacombs. I was in there. I saw faith in action. I looked at Christians in, in, in artwork, but also saw the, the, the what's that, what do they call that thing? It's a hippodrome. It's, it's a long-shaped one, almost like an athletic course where the Christians were fed to the lions. In Rome, you go to all of these things, you say to yourself, now just where is my commitment to God? How committed am I to Jesus Christ? Just tell me. How committed am I really to the Lord? Just now, before we walked in on the platform, I said something to Morton. The day I, did, I had my moment with God, I became a living sacrifice for all of my life willing to do whatever. If I have to lay down my life, that's it. Fear no death. Fear no nothing. You can't buy me if you say to me, I got a billion rand for you, I got a million rand for you, 20 million. Doesn't, I would just give it straight back to the church. I am not interested because I know in whom I have believed. And there's a beautiful way in the Afrikaans expression where Paul says, there's one thing I do. Forgetting those things that are behind, I press on towards the, the, the upward call, the high call, the upward call of Christ Jesus, our Lord. And then, our Lord, and then he says these words, he says, Afrikaans translation, omdat ek ook dier Christus gegryp is. That means I've been grabbed hold of by Christ. Have you ever been grabbed hold of by Christ? There, there's no such thing as backsliding. There's no such thing as that. People go to cross for that. People get cast off, get stoned, decapitated. Why? They can't stop them. 
they whip them, they beat them, they torture them, they torment them. At midnight, Paul and Silas were singing hymns and psalms and spiritual songs right there in the prison, and God opened the doors. There is a call today upon Christianity to become the indestructible church again. There is a call upon Christianity to become the, the non-stoppable church. NIV translation says from the days of John the, the Baptist, uh, the kingdom of God is forcefully advancing and forceful men take it with force. Violently take it. People that have a mission of God in the NIV translation. People that have the call of God. People that, that say, I tell you what, the world behind me, the cross before me, that's it. End of story. They can't kill me. I'm already dead. They can't crucify me. I've already been crucified with Christ. They can't do this, that, the other. All of that stuff, it's, it's over skidovers. Therefore, I close with these words. May God help you never, regardless of COVID, regardless of what's coming over all the earth, never, ever, ever to backslide. It's the most dangerous thing under the sun. I continue tonight as we take a look at this. Let's all stand together. The Lord, the Almighty God, the possessor of heaven and earth, bless you and keep you. The Lord pour out his love over you. Yes, we want the anointing, but the difficulties that come with it causes people to do wrong things. Lord, make us steadfast in the faith. Today, who will stand for Christ? Who will stand for Christ? That's the question. The Lord, lift up his countenance over you, be gracious to you, forgive you all your sins, and bless you forevermore. In the name of God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit, and all of God's people said, for more teachings like this and other material, please visit our website at www.littlefallsonline.com.